It's Monday, October 24th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, we have a World Series matchup. It's all set. Uh, they waded through the rain last night in New York, and the Astros completed their sweep of the Yankees. Uh, earlier in the day, the Phillies uh, pulled off a, a nice little comeback uh, thanks to a Bryce Harper home run in the eighth inning and uh, held on to knock off the Padres. So it's just as everybody expected, Astros and Phillies meeting in the World Series. Uh, that's set to begin on Friday. Yeah, definitely, uh, uh, Joe. Pretty exciting uh, series between uh, in the NLCS, the Phillies and San Diego. If you like offense, uh, there was plenty of it. And uh, Houston uh, just dominated the Yankees, Joe. I mean, there were some close games, but Houston's pitching, I thought, really made a big difference. Yeah, you can. You have the Guardians. If you're a, if you're a Houston fan, you have the Guardians to thank for uh, uh, softening up the Yankees and and putting them in a position where uh, you know they came into that series not exactly playing their best ball, and uh, they they definitely didn't uh, hit enough against Houston's pitching to uh, you know pull out a win in any of those games really sort of exposed some of the flaws in that Yankee lineup and in that Yankee ball club uh, that had been there really all year. Uh, but, you know, when you're looking at those two teams who had pretty much, from the start of the season, had pretty much been the best in the AL, uh, you could see there was a clear-cut difference in in just how dominant Houston's lineup was uh, compared to uh, New York. I mean, they were, they were pretty much a complete lineup uh, all the way through. Yeah, the Yankees, uh, Houston held the Yankees to a 162 team batting average, uh, just a few points lower than what Cleveland did to the Yankees. The Yankees hit 182 against Cleveland in the ALDS, and and I, yeah, like you said, uh, Joe, uh, you've, um, maybe Houston uh, uh, kind of stole a page uh, from Cleveland's uh, playbook uh, or scouting report against Aaron Judge. Judge hit 063, one for 16 against uh, against the Astros after hitting 200 against Cleveland. Uh, against Cleveland, he struck out 11 times against the Astros four times. Yeah, well, they won't be cutting into any more college football games to show us Aaron Judge at bats uh, for, for the rest of the, uh, the remainder of the postseason here. Uh, just uh, looking at what your pick is for the the World Series just right now we're we're less than 24 hours away from the matchup being set but uh Houston obviously has had this this sweep they haven't lost in the postseason yet uh the Phillies really have sort of the momentum and the mojo and the you know the, they're the they're the feel good story and they're the they're the hot streak team right now uh what what wins out in this uh in this fall classic yeah, I'm going with Houston's pitching, Joe. Uh, Javier McCullers, Valdez, and Verlander uh, against the Yankees. 1.54 ERA. They allowed four earned runs in 23 in the third innings. And uh, I think, um, you know, that's a big edge over Phillies. Uh, you know, Nola and, and Wheeler are kind of, you know, the, the keys to that, that uh the Phillies rotation, but after that, it it gets a little shaky. And uh, you know, the if the Phillies win, they're going to have to hit to win. I think Ranger Suarez and Robert Suarez. Uh, you've got uh, you back to back Suarez's, and 
Uh, really, the that NLCS uh, was Bryce Harper's coming out party, wasn't it? Yeah, that was really cool. It was. Uh, it was I mean, it, those the, the Citizens Bank uh, ballpark was jumping, man. And what Reese Hoskins hits four home runs. Kyle Schwarber, you know, hits hit. I think he hit three. Bryce Harper hit hit three home runs. I mean, those guys were on fire, man. That was that was that was a fun series to watch, and uh, you know, just uh, you know, they just uh, they only hit like two thirty seven as a team, but they hit ten home runs and scored twenty five runs, Joe. Yeah, it's sort of uh, you know, it works against what the the Guardians tried to do all year in terms of you know the the contact approach and, and stringing together hits and runs. It's Really, in the playoffs, in the postseason, we've seen the teams that are hitting home a big home run, not just, you know, 10 home runs, but like big, meaningful moments and, and big home runs that these guys are, are hitting uh, in, in Philly. And, you know, it worked against the Guardians with the Yankees. Uh, I, it, it just, I wonder if that contact approach is sustainable once you get to the playoffs in terms of, you know, can, can a team ride that to a victory we'll uh we'll have to to see uh, next year because neither one of these two teams that are in the the world series now sort of use that approach uh maybe houston a little more contact than philly but uh the the home run ball is definitely what carries the day for both sides yeah you need power in the postseason joe i, I think uh terry francona and chris antonetti would admit that um you know and i think uh th- that's what uh one of their primary goals will be this off season. I mean, Joe, I, we, we've talked about this before. I, you know, I don't think they need to add a whole lot, but they definitely need to add some punch, you know, at DH catcher first base, you know, they've got three spots there where they can, they can add some power. Or maybe you just wait for a, a guy like an Oscar Gonzalez to continue to grow into that power. And, and, and you, you just don't change him from what he is. It's, you know, high strikeouts, but the potential there for him to hit 30 home runs. Uh, you know, maybe Andres Jimenez continues to grow into that that power hitter as well. Uh, well, we'll uh, we'll wait to see. That's that's for another discussion. We'll uh, we'll break down each of those guys and 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 where on the roster we think maybe there's a room for you know power improvement uh, coming up soon. Uh, let's look ahead though uh, to that uh, 2023 Guardians roster. Uh, take a minute here. Uh, give me one guy on on the Guardians roster who uh, you think is uh, you know there there's a little bit of doubt, but maybe he will come back. And then give me uh, one guy on the Guardians roster right now who who you think won't be back uh, in in 2023. Hmm, that's a good question. I think uh, you know I think uh, you know Luke Maley is. Um, you know, is eligible for arbitration, kind of in a, you know, that kind of backup role as a catcher, obviously. I th- But I think he'll be back. I've got a feeling he'll be back. And uh, the guy, player I think might not be back is, uh, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think maybe Zach Plesak gets moved this winter. Oh, uh, that would, uh, that, that would be by trade if, uh, if that's the case, because uh, I'm sure that they would not non-tender him uh right coming up uh you would have you'd have to be looking for a trade partner there in some sort of package uh if if i were if i were guessing uh a guy who uh you know might not be back but uh i think will stick around and will be on the roster 
Uh, I think maybe they they go out and they 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 re-sign Austin Hedges, uh, maybe at a discount. Uh, I think if uh, if Austin had hit at all this past season, uh, he might have gone out and been able to uh, command a, a good free agent salary uh, somewhere. But I think he likes being here. I think he likes this uh, this setup, and and maybe he comes back uh, at a at a bit of a discount uh, for next season. Um, and and maybe they work something out. They, I, I guess uh, Antonetti said, you know, both parties had some sort of interest, but there there needs to be uh, some conversations there, which is code for, uh, you know, we'll take them back at the right price. Uh, as far as a guy that won't be back, uh, you know, not much of a, not not too much of a, a you know, going out on a limb to to say Owen Miller might not be back. I think maybe. Uh, Maybe they non-tender Owen Miller when that deadline comes around. Yeah, that that's a possibility. You know, certainly Owen got a got a lot of he got he can't complain about not getting a chance. You know, he he um, you know he he was I think he was up the whole year. Uh, you know, kind of a telltale sign though in the postseason when you know they tried to pull a rabbit out of the hat and uh, you know Gabriel Arias all of a sudden was starting at at first base instead where Miller had you know played most of the year. So you know that kind of was a tip off there that that you know they might have other plans and maybe Owen Miller and uh, the Guardians are going their separate ways. Yeah, just sort of a a guy without a position there towards the end of the season is what it what it felt like. Um, uh, let's uh, let's go back, though, and, and, and talk a little, a little bit about that catching situation. You brought up uh, Luke Maley, and, uh, you know, I mentioned Austin Hedges. Uh, I, I, the other factor there in that, that whole sort of setup is Bo Naylor, who, you know, they decided to bring him up and, and start his clock and, and put him on the Major League roster, uh, you know, with a, a week to go in the season. Uh, what do you think the prospects are that Bo Naylor makes the opening day roster next year, barring any sort of injury to any of the other players? But Joe, I think he'd have to have really, you know, he'd have to have big, big spring training uh, to make the roster. And I think if he makes the roster, he's going to have to be the starter. Wouldn't you think? I don't think they're going to, you know, carry a, you know, what a 21 year old kid as a backup. I think, you know, they want him to play every day. So if he doesn't win the starting job outright, you know, it's got to be a knockout. It can't be a push. Uh, you know, he, I think he probably opened a year at at at, at double at, at triple A and and they'd either go with Hedges and Maley or, you know, they they find some other combination that worked. What's the what's the one thing that you think would hold uh, Bo Naylor back or that they would give a reason for? Obviously, uh, Tito's history of, you know, you know, with a guy in Naylor's position, uh, he is more likely to uh, leave him off the opening day roster, send him down to Columbus, have him get hot for a month or a month and a half in, in Columbus, and then bring him back up to uh, Cleveland when when the weather is better, when the kid is hitting and feeling good about himself. That really does seem like it's going to be the path that Naylor follows this upcoming season. But, uh, you know, like we said, you can't account for injury. You can't account for Naylor coming out and, you know, hitting 475 with with 10 home runs in spring training. Uh, you know, all of that is possible. And if that happens, then he's definitely on the ball club. But what would be the reason that he would be held back? Would it be, you know, not being familiar enough with the pitching staff or not being comfortable with him defensively or, or anything like that? 
Yeah, I think defense would probably be the uh, the big thing, Joe. You know, Maley and and Hedges really have related well with that pitching staff. They get the most out of the pitching staff. And you know, how many times have we heard Antonetti and and uh, Francona say that offense isn't? You know, they can live with a guy that's hitting what 150 to 200 to 210, as long as uh, that catcher is you know kind of putting hit putting his. Uh, you know, is, is is really working well with the pitching staff, kind of subjugates himself to the pitching staff, you know, and, and doesn't really, isn't really worried about his stats as, as long as he plays, you know, controls a running game, works with the pitching staff, gets the best out of the pitching staff, you know, that that would be, uh, you know, that's key to them. And I, I don't know if Naylor is ready to do that yet. Yeah, I, I will say this for for Bo Naylor. Uh, you know, the, in after he was called up, and in the days leading up to the postseason, and and throughout the postseason run, uh, his assignment was to be a sponge, to to follow Sandy Alomar around, and 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 learn everything there is to learn about what what's expected of him uh, as a big league catcher, and you know, to to follow Luke Maley and Austin Hedges around as they prepared prior to each series and, and match up for each opponent. You know, those guys sit down at their table and and work through their laptop. They go through every batter before every uh, every series matchup. And uh, the preparation is what separates uh, Maley and Hedges from pretty much everyone uh, in, in the league, the way they go about preparing. And 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 there's no situation that the, the Guardians pitchers were, you know, unprepared for. Uh, if Naylor can get that aspect of the game down and and everything he needs to know there uh, taken care of, then the it won't be long before he is called up next season. But uh, you know, like like we said, uh, I think Tito has demonstrated a pattern, and you know, as as much as uh, fans or anybody uh, who who observes the team, I know there are I know there are certain Twitter accounts out there who. Uh, will push for rookies to be uh, added to the roster and and you know and dismayed when guys like Bo Naylor don't make the opening day roster. But but we sort of know the patterns and the the practices that that Tito has and and the reasons behind and why he doesn't take a guy like a, a Bo Naylor right off the bat, uh, fresh out of Arizona and and bring him along and throw him into the uh, the cold March and April games in uh, in, in Cleveland. Uh, Tito has a method to his madness, and and we've seen it work in the past. Yeah, and this is not you know not taking anything away from Bo Naylor. I mean, when he came, you know, when he came over to uh, his spring training a couple of years ago, you know, and stayed with the ball club uh, for the last couple of weeks at camp, they really liked him. They liked the way he worked with the pitchers. They liked his arm, you know. So I think he's got a you know, he's got a good future there. But it, are you ready to turn the pitching staff over to him? You know, that's that's the question. Well, and how do you not like? I mean, he came up in 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 a backup role and a reserve role in a couple of major league games. You know, he he, he what he threw out a base runner uh, in in one game and and looked like uh, looked like a veteran on that play. Uh, and he, he is he's he can run the bases. He's at he's athletic. He's young. Uh, and and what he gives you offensively is leaps and bounds ahead of whatever hedges and and Maley can give you. Uh, he gives you power. He can hit for average. And uh, you know we've seen him be productive at pretty much every level once he gets settled in. So 
uh, I, I think it's it's not a stretch to think that they're going to start him off in AAA and let him get hot and and bring him up. Uh, it, and, you know, if he's anything like his brother, uh, he's going to have the right approach and the right uh, sort of attitude about it. Uh, you know, if you if you remember, Josh Naylor didn't start the season with the ball club uh, straight out of spring training. He was he he took a week or two to to get going uh, down, uh, you know, with the uh, with Columbus and, and then they brought him along. So uh, I, I don't think it will be any sort of a, a blow to the ego if if Bo Naylor doesn't make the club out of spring training next year. Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, the last uh, young catcher that that came up and uh, kind wow. of. You know, I think it was Carlos Santana when Manny Acta was the manager. That's a guy that kind of jumps to into my, my mind. They brought him up, but you were you're right, Joe. They they let him start the year at Triple you know, get hot, and then uh, they they brought him up, put him in the middle of the lineup, and he was the everyday catcher from that point on until I think he got hurt in Boston. He blew out his knee in a collision, but you know, that, I think that's the last guy I can remember that. Uh, a, a, a young catcher that came up and and you know really kind of was given the job right th- from the get-go almost yeah I, I mean last year uh brian lavastita was on the opening day roster as a rookie but that was because Maley was uh dealing with the hamstring uh tightness and you know they really didn't have a lot of other options i don't think lavastita would have been in that spot had Maley been healthy so uh and, and he did he really didn't play all that much when when he was up until you know once mainly got got healthy and got ready he was in there right yeah and so you know you know there's obviously bo naylor obviously has talent and uh we're eventually going to see that talent in cleveland yeah and it's just uh, you know the the talk and the the pressure i guess from the fans uh, antonetti and and chernoff and and tito you know they don't make decisions based on who the fans want to see on the roster. That's that that <laughs> if you start it, if you start making decisions based on fans, uh, you're gonna you're gonna be one. You know sooner than later, I guess is the old adage. But uh, you know I can understand why a lot of people want to see Bonale. He's he's young, he's exciting, he's a he's a top draft pick, and he's very productive down in the minors and and had been you know all year. Uh, it's, it's just that, you know, if you, if you rush a guy and if you put him in a position where he's not, you know, ready to succeed, then you probably do more damage than, than good for him. You don't want to overwhelm a kid like that. And yeah, I'm not saying Bo Naylor would have any issues with confidence. I, I don't think uh, judging by, you know, his, uh, his family pedigree, I don't think he would uh, have any issues with confidence, but, but you want to put a kid in a position to succeed when you do make the call and, and make a commitment to him. Yeah, yeah, no, we've seen that time and time again. You know, he fits the M.O. of this team, young, uh, you know, athletic, um, and, uh, you know, and, you know, with his better days hopefully are ahead of him. I mean, you can look at this whole roster, and that's, you know, that's what they really kind of, you know, they really took advantage of this 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 past season. So, you know, I think it's just a matter of time before we see him up here. Yeah, think about where he would fit and how he how much better he would make that lineup. Uh, you know, even if even if you batted him down at the bottom of the lineup, he would still be able to connect you, you know, back to Quan Rosario Ramirez at the top. Uh, you know, maybe with a, a little better on base percentage than uh, uh, it wouldn't be hard to have a little better on base percentage than Hedgie, but um, uh, 
just that ability to to sort of maybe provide a little pop down down in that part of the lineup and you know maybe work his way up the lineup and you know be a, a, a you know a five six hitter at some point yeah we've seen that a lot you know i mean uh with with young hitters that's where you you put them mostly uh you know you 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 know we saw it with rosario i'm not rosario i'm uh, jimenez you know they hit him like six or seven for much of the year then he's gradually moved up to five um and uh you know if, if you swing the bat you're gonna you know you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> you're they're gonna find a place for you to play and you know I, the way Francona uses his lineup he likes to have one of those kind of ambush hitters you know down at the bottom of the lineup you know Tyler Naquin was a guy like that that you know could you know turn turn the lineup over not with just a single but with a home run as well yeah, yeah, extra base hits uh, would be welcome uh, coming from that uh, that seven, eight, nine range uh, next season. All right, uh, we're uh, we're getting up against it here uh, on today's edition. Uh, we will continue to monitor developments uh, throughout the uh, the World Series as as news comes out of there. Uh, we've got award season coming up. We will fully prepare the uh, the listeners for. Uh, Cleveland's uh, possibilities in all of those categories, including rookie and manager of the year races, uh, MVP and Cy Young, uh, as well as uh, the Gold Glove Awards, the Silver Slugger Awards, uh, all, all sorts of. November is uh, is is uh, red carpet uh, bow tie month with uh, with the awards coming out. Can't wait to uh, to find out who wins what. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll have it first for you here on Cleveland.com, and we'll talk about it every day on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Twinsy, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. All right, Joe.